before I say another word, um, you know, I have these unctions sometime, and and I hope I don't bother God's people, but, you know, right now I'm just sensing that we got something that we need to tell God. And, and so I'm just one of these ones who believe that you move when the Spirit moves you. And so I, I don't want to go into it. I'm not a great singer. I'm a, I'm a great worshiper. Amen. Amen. Y'all like that. That, that? that worked, don't it? When you know you have no gift in whatsoever in song. But I do want us to say something to God before I get started. Will y'all join me? All I want to just say is a few words because I love the end of that song. And, and it reminded me when, when, when I first really began to listen to the words and not just sing. Uh, the song, one of the songs that really pricked my heart. And the song just simply says, oh, how I love Jesus. Oh, how I love Jesus. Oh, how I love Jesus. Because he first loved me. I want y'all to stop for a minute and think about what God has give, done for you. And if you feel like it and if you can, you can stand to your feet. You can shout hallelujah. You can clap. But can we give God some praise in here for saving us once upon a time? Can we thank God for how good he's been in our life? Can we give God the glory, the honor, and all the praise because it's due to him? Can we just clap our hands and tell God, thank you, Lord, for what you have done. Thank you, Lord for where you brought me from. Thank you, Lord, for what you're doing right now, Lord, in my life. Glory to your name. You are worthy to be praised. I know it ain't normal up in here, y'all, but sometimes you just need to thank God. Sometimes you just need to praise him. Sometimes you just need to exalt him. Sometimes you just need to lift his name up. And now here's the main reason why, y'all, because he first loved me. Now, I don't know about y'all, I wasn't a lovable figure. I'm going to leave that alone. <laughs> First, let me thank all of you. Um, the last time I was here, um, I wasn't totally forthright with, uh, with Pastor Glenn, and I didn't tell him what I was dealing with. And, and I know that the church probably didn't know, and the praise team really didn't know, because I was just crying. And I'm wondering, I'm like, they like, why is he crying? I mean, the song was decent, but was it really that good? <laughs> and, and the reason that I was crying was, is that I knew that before I left here, that my mother would be in glory. And I went by the house to see her. And when I went by there, I, I, I came in and I, I dressed as if I was going to church. And I went in and they told us that she wouldn't make it through the night, but she did. And that morning I went over there and, and my wife was coming behind me. She was driving another vehicle and I was in there. And I just remembered what Sunday morning meant to my mother. I went back to, my mother always went to church. It was never a question whether she was going. And when we were younger, we was, we was forced to go. Hey, I'm just telling the truth up in here, you know. <laughs> you might as well go on and get up because you're coming anyway. You can come with food in your stomach. You can come empty stomach, but you leave in here when I get ready to go. And, 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 and so it was Sunday morning, and, and, and I'm in there with her, and, and my nephew is in there, and, and, I, and all of a sudden, a peace just came over me. And I remember 
And, and I didn't even care. My nephew was there. And I just said, I went up and I kissed my mother. And I told her that I loved her. And I told her, thank you for what she had done for me. I told her, I got it. And that it's okay, Mom. Go ahead. Go home. And as hard as that was, I know my mother wouldn't have allowed me to stay there with her when God had an assignment for me to do. And so I came here. And while I was here, my wife texted me and told me that she had slid in. And I don't know if y'all saw it or not, but this is why I love God's people. Um, my associate pastor sent a, a deacon from our church here. And after the end of the first service, um, you know, I was just kind of stepping off to the side, and he came up and he hugged me. And he said, he, he knew I knew. And I just told him, don't say nothing, let's go eat donuts. <laughs> and so I thank you for donuts. Whoever bought the donuts, thank you. And then after the second service, she sent one of our members over. And I didn't, he said, did you see me? I said, no. He said, you wasn't supposed to, and he hugged me. And, and, and I'm like, okay. Then I lost it. And, and people still didn't know why. And, and Karen Burt and her husband are friends of mine. And I told them, because she was one. I know she's like, why is this man over here crying like this? And I told her. And, and, and the reason that I'm grateful for God's people is both of those men had recently lost their mothers. And I'm sitting up here like, did, I wonder if she knew that when she sent them. I don't think she did. She just sent the first two people she could get her hands on. But the idea that they were here, and then I told Pastor Glenn. And so thank you all so much for your love, your kindness, and me being able to feel like I was at home even though I wasn't at my home church. And then I began to realize something. If the doors of the church are open, I'm at home. And so for that, y'all, I just want to say thank you. And I promise you today that I'm going to be honest. <laughs> All right, y'all, let's have some fun, man. Let's, let, let, let's, let, let's go before the throne of grace. Father, we love you. We magnify you. We exalt you. We lift you up. You're good, Lord. Father, we ask that on this morning, Lord God, that your spirit come and become our teacher, Lord God. Open the eyes of our hearts, Lord God, that we may see you, Lord God, that we may see you clearly, Lord God, and without any filter. Father, bless us today, Lord God, so that we may go and do your will on earth as it is in heaven. Father, hide me behind the cross. May I decrease and you increase. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be found acceptable in thy sight, Lord. O Lord, my strength and my redeemer and my only hope. Father, I lift up the angel of this church, Pastor Glenn and Sister Teal, Lord God. I pray that you would be with them and give them strength and give them rest right now, Father God. Continue to use them mightily here, Lord God, and wherever you will plant them at in the kingdom. Now, Father God, bless our time. Thank you for your presence, and we'll be careful to give your name the glory, the honor, and all the praise, for we ask it in the matchless name of Jesus. And God's people said, amen, amen and amen. Okay, folks, here we go. It's been cold. Now, I know that sermons normally don't start off that abrupt and that straightforward, but it's been cold. And I'm, how cold, y'all? 
real cold. Uh, Anytime they tell you it's colder where you are than the Arctic Circle, I want to send what the Arctic Circle sent to us back to the Arctic Circle. I want to repay them for what they paid to us. It has been cold. It has been real cold. And as a matter of a fact, I believe that this is the first Sunday it ain't snowed. Hallelujah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And, and so, uh, you know, we still, but we got, we made it to service, y'all, without shoveling first. Uh, I mean, no wiping off the car, man. I thank God for indoor car houses. <laughs> Amen. And so, so it's been cold and, and the cold has this thing that it does to infrastructure that, that people normally don't see. That's, that's the problem with infrastructure. You don't see it. You don't pay a lot of attention to it till something happens to it. And, and, and during the ice storm, uh, some of us lost power. I know we did. Lord have mercy. I didn't realize how much I like heat. I tried to stick it out and stay at home, but, you know, after a while, it got to be dark. I'm like, forget this. It's cold up in here. I'm about to go. And it's good that I left because power didn't come back on for us until Christmas evening. I also learned something about children. They don't care. You show me where my toy is, I'll forget about the cold. And they did. And so, so you have that going on. Also, during the snowstorm, we got 17 to 20 inches of snow. It's been a while since we had drifts that high. But what happens is, is that the community begins to come to a standstill. People were getting stuck all over the place. Then we have to put salt on the road so that we can see. And I don't know about y'all, in my subdivision, I don't think they know what the word means. Because it is never used. Matter of fact, um, I, I was just so happy to not be home during the latest iteration of Michigan weather. And I saw that ice is here. And ice still on my block. I don't know about yours. But it's still there. So they didn't salt. But something happens when you use too much salt. It happens every year. Michigan does it well. It is called the dreaded pothole. Potholes, y'all, they everywhere. And I don't know about y'all, but I drive like this. I try to pay attention to the person. My dad taught me when I first learned how to drive, he said, you drive for everybody. He said, don't believe the light because it's red. Other people ain't paying it no attention. He said, don't, he said, always pay attention to what's going on. So I look this way. Now I'm doing this. (laughs) And I'm really feeling bobbleheadalish. And this is really getting me. And, and, and so these potholes are catching me. And, and I've seen big potholes all over the place. But the best one that I've seen is at the Kroger's near my house. They just put a shopping cart in the pothole. <laughs> the cold does some great things to infrastructure. But one of the problems is is that we as Christians don't realize when we get cold. We usually like the other one. You know, you really be making sure you're hot or what happens when it gets hot. We think of brimstone in that place, H-E, hockey stick, hockey stick. But, But right now, I think we need to pay more attention to the extreme cold and the impact that the cold can bring. You see, if we become cold blooded, it becomes a whole lot easier to give the spirit of God the cold shoulder. 
In this cold-hearted state, we simply go cold turkey in the things of God, which will lead to the devil and his minions cold-cocking us as it pertains to the issues of life. Yes, I believe the devil can knock you out. And that's what happens when you get cold. You don't care. If you have your Bibles, your iPad, your iPhone, your Samsung, please open with me to the book of Luke, chapter 4. How do you open your Samsung? Luke chapter 4, and we'll begin in verse 1. I won't wait on you, just please, if you have a Bible, get there, because I want you to at least say that he read from it. Here we go. And Jesus, being full of the Holy Ghost, returned from Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. And being 40 days tempted of the devil, in those days he did eat nothing, and when they were ended, he afterward hungered. I'm going to stop right there, and I'm going to allow this moment to catch up with us. So we find Jesus. He has just been endued or endowed with the Holy Spirit. The, the, the dove like came down and descended on him and, and God spoke and said, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. And, and you would think the first place that Jesus would go after having such a gift would be to church, right? Or to the synagogue. And I know that's where I would want to go. I want to go where people already saved at. Mm hmm. But no, God, in his infinite wisdom, sends Jesus to the wilderness. Now, y'all help me out. Every now and then I have these hmm moments when it comes to the things of God, because I don't know everything and I don't even pretend like I do. Matter of fact, I think the more I think I know about God, the more I find out I don't know nothing about God. But I still keep trying to know God. And, and, and in this moment, you wonder why is Jesus now forced now that he has this, this power to do things that he probably couldn't do before. You know, some people have been saying Jesus was healing squirrels and rabbits. I don't ascribe to it. I, I believe that Jesus was just a normal kid who just didn't get in a whole lot of trouble. You know, I wish God would have dropped me off four, five, six of those type of children in my house. <laughs> if y'all don't know, I got six kids at home. All of them could have been like Jesus if the Lord wanted to. I'm going to leave that alone for now. <laughs> so, so he sends Jesus to the wilderness. And, and, and it's a place that we don't like going. How many of you remember the day you got saved? How many of you got saved in church? How many of you came to church one day and the Spirit came over you and, and you were filled with this newfound need of him and you came and somebody offered you the right hand of fellowship or patted you on the top of your head? or whatever they do in church then or now, and, and you came and you were excited about knowing him, and, and you knew you were in the right place. At least I know I did. And, and for me, there was a whole lot of other things going on. See, when I came to know Jesus, I was crying. I was crying good too, y'all. You know, when you have one of them real good cries, other elements of liquid come out of your body. And so I had tears, and I had this rolling down. I was slobbing. And then I had something coming out of my nose. I think it was mucus. But, but I was just so happy that God would allow me to come in that I was just getting rid of everything. And, and, and so you had that moment, that time, and then all of a sudden you had to go home. I wanted to stay right where I was. It was safe. It was convenient. But then I had to go back home and I had to go back and face a lot of things that I was hoping that God would have just removed before I got back there. 
And so I believe that the first battle, if you're taking notes, the first battle any Christian has to take is with themselves. I know we have an enemy who comes in like a roaring lion, but I'm here to let you know that enemy ain't got much on the enemy enemy. Because we do some things, y'all. We got some idiosyncrasies. We got some habits. We got some ways of doing things that are contrary to the scriptures. Now, now, now I want y'all to hear me. I, just so let me, can I have my theological moment for a moment? In Wesley's quadrilateral, uh, you have reason, scripture, experience, and tradition. Yeah, I know all four of them. Yeah, I and so, so even inside of his quadrilateral, when it comes to reason, that's your intellect, your ability to get smart, it still got to bump up against Scripture. See, Wesley never called it a quadrilateral. We did. Wesley took a high view of the matter of fact. He said he was a man of one book. And if this is the case, he said everything bumps up against Scripture. And if it can't stand muster, guess what has to leave? Reason, if it bumps up against Scripture. A uh, 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 tradition has to bump up against scripture. See, I thought I needed to come to church to be church-like. And then when I started really coming to church, I knew some church folk who were mean. <laughs> I'm like, man, where's the love of God? Then I knew some church folk who didn't know what the word of God said. And then all of a sudden, now you remember, y'all, I'm black. And, and being African-American, we have this experiential thing that we do. We like having fun at church. Well, we will jump up in a minute and get to shouting, get to clapping, but we love God. We love to experience the fullness of the moment. But even that in itself, if it bumps up against the scripture, is wrong. Because I've learned that you can be in a place as solemn and as quiet as the bathroom is right now. And experience God. So all of it has to bump up against scripture. And the scripture is what we really need to guide us and to keep us. And if what we're doing don't line up with scripture, what's going to change, y'all? Or how do you expect God to bless mess? And some of us even know what our idiosyncrasies, our habits, the stuff that we do that we're going to say, God, you're going to have to accept me how I am. Okay, y'all, play if you want to. That was my public service announcement. Okay, now, with that being said, Jesus is sent to the wilderness. He goes to the wilderness, and his fight is first with himself. Isn't it funny that during the 40 days of purification that Jesus is out there, the devil never says a word to him? He isn't fighting the devil, but it wasn't until the 40th day that Jesus was reminded that he was hungry. Now, I don't know about y'all, but day one, my stomach would have said something. Day two, it would have spoke. Day three, it would have hollered. Day four, it would have just been asking me, what is wrong with you, man? But he's hungry, and, and he knows it, and then the devil comes. So the first war is with who? Me. The second war is then with the enemy. How does the enemy come in? Well, according to the text here, he says it is written. I mean, he says, the devil says, if thou be the son of man, Command these stones to be made bread. Jesus could have did it, but he said it wasn't healthy for what he needed. Isn't it funny? He was hungry and he wouldn't make bread. He says, it is written that man should not live by bread alone, but every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Stop, y'all. Every word that proceed from where? 
the mouth of God. What is the mouth of God? He goes on. The devil taking him up into a high mountain, showed him all the kingdoms of the world. In a, in a moment's time, and said, all this power I will give to thee of, in, in the glory of them. If that was delivered unto me and whomsoever, I will give it. If thou will worship me, Jesus said, you crazy. <laughs> Paraphrasing. <laughs> he goes on and, and he says, he, he goes on and he begins to now, the devil said, oh, so you're going to try to bring the word of God against me. Well, I'm going to use the word to get you back. He says, he says, and he brought him to Jerusalem and set him on the pinnacle of the temple and said, if thou be the son of God, jump. Because it is written that when you fall, the angels will catch you and not let you stub your toe. I'm here to let you know I wish that God would have kept me from stubbing my toe. Because that ain't no pain like a stub toe pain. Because a stub toe pain don't stop. Okay. He said, you shall not tempt the Lord your God. So Jesus goes and he uses the word to fight the enemy. If you don't have the word in you, how can you fight the enemy? We need to know God's word for ourselves. Amen. Amen. Let's keep going, y'all. Jesus goes and he returns in the power of the spirit because what? He first fought himself and he won. Then he comes back and he fights the devil. And guess what, y'all? But guess what, y'all? This is a reoccurring nightmare. Because every day you still have to keep fighting. Guess who, y'all? Self. Because self still like itself. How many of y'all look in the mirror and say you ugly? <laughs> I don't like you. You know what? There are so many things that I could do with you that would make me feel better. No, y'all, we have to get behind that. Most of us have a, at least a nice liking of ourselves. And so with that being said, we come back in power. So we have to continue to fight ourselves. We have to continue to fight the enemy because the word said he's only going for a season. But now Jesus' earthly ministry is in full effect. He goes all around Capernaum and Galilee and he begins to share the good news of the gospel of Christ. He begins to heal people. Deliverance is happening. Devils are being casted out. Things are happening. And guess what? They had no cell phones, no tele to telegram. They had no, no CNN. No Fox News, you know, fair and balanced, um, to get the word out of what was happening. He was able to have his name brought forward without anyone, anyone saying it. It was just when good things happen, when good things happen to you, you tell it. And that's what was happening right now. So you would think when he went home, everything would be better and everything would be all right. But he goes back home. And when you go home, you know, a prophet is with honor, except around his own kin and his own home. And folks don't like you from where you were because they remember that you used to be a mess. And this is what Jesus up, goes up against. So he ends up in church on Sunday or the synagogue on Saturday. And, and he, he pulls the scroll out and and, and just so you know, I know my Bible says he brought out the book. Well, they didn't have no books then. I'm sorry, Gutenberg wasn't really doing things then. And, and, so, and, and so he comes and, and the scroll came out and he kissed the scroll, which would have been the custom because they had a high regard to the word of God. And he would have unscrolled it. And he came to Isaiah 61, and then he begins to speak these words. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives and the recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. And then he rolls it back up. He kisses it again, and he gives it back to him. He takes his seat. Now, before we get to where I really want to talk about
ask you a question. Do you believe that the oracles of God reside in you? Do you believe that you have to be ordained by some man or go through some classes like Wesleyan theology, history and polity and other J-term classes to be considered someone to handle the word of truth? How many of you believe that when the spirit of God was given to you, he said he would lead you into all things. He would comfort you, guide you, keep you, nurture you and show you and tell you things that have happened and things that are to come. How many of you believe that God is ready to use Pastor Matt. It's a whole lot easier to put it all on Pastor Matt, ain't it? But the reality of our situation is, is that when Jesus said these words, and as we have read them for our hearing today, those words speak to you. Now, the question is, how many of you are preaching the good news of the gospel? How many of you are saying nothing? How many of you are leaving the work of the kingdom to the people who work at the church? And not realizing that we have a kingdom that is on the move, that is mobile, mobile ministry. I'm going to put an app out for it. God is asking us to go out in the power of the spirit and tell people the good news about Jesus. Now I'm going to mess with you. How many of you got unsaved friends? How many of you got unsaved siblings or family members? How many of you got unsaved colleagues and co-workers? How many of you got unsaved neighbors? Or do you even know your neighbor? How many of you got folks around you that could use the good news? How many of you are silent? God is trying to break our silence. Are you willing to break your silence today? You know, this is when it is okay for people in the church of God to say amen. Now, now, remember now, I'm Pastor Patrick. Pastor Glenn will be back next week. <laughs> so you can give me my amen now. And then if y'all want to go back to, hmm, go ahead. So the idea is just that, y'all. So he's saying that the spirit is falling down. We are to go out and tell people about Jesus. Amen. amen. Thank you, folks. We got to do, do. Do you have the right to say, well, you know, I'm, I, you know he maybe don't want to hear it. Uh, you know what? She don't want to hear it. Now, I, I do want to be careful, though. You know, in my earlier iteration, you know, when I first got saved, I was on fire. I was red hot. And, and I had this big Bible. I had one back then, too. And matter of fact, this is the first Bible I ever bought. You know, that's when you know you saved. You bought a Bible. Um, and, and, yeah, because I'm telling you, especially when you spend over $50 for a Bible. You know, hey, forget that. What about them old Bible, them gift Bibles? Them the ones that you need right there. But I bought this Bible, and, 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 I, and this is a good thumping Bible. You know, and the reason that people have these Bibles is so that they could upside the head. It, it's thumping. It's a thumping Bible. And, and I would go around my friends and, and they would see me coming and they would close the shutters and, and they would let down the blinds and they would run in the house when they see me coming. And I still would go down the street and I'd jump out my car and say, oh, y'all going to hell. <laughs> if y'all don't get right. Y'all need to come out. I was sharing in the first service that I even took my shoes off a couple of times and dumped the dirt off my feet. Y'all going straight to it. But then my friend's father caught me one day and he sat out on the porch and he didn't run in the house when he saw me coming. He let me come on up there. I'm like, hmm, all right, we're going in today. And I'll never forget what he told me. Before I even got on the porch, could he say, hey, Patrick, I'm happy that you love the Lord. I'm happy he saved you. But you ain't finna come over here with all that today. <laughs> now you can sit over here on the porch and act like everybody else. And how many of y'all watch uh, Fat, uh, King of the Hill and Boom High 
Mm-hmm. That's what you can do today, Patrick. But what he was really saying is that, Patrick, you can't beat people into submission. He said you can love them into it. Give us a chance to find out what you have by letting God just use you in moments, not all the time. And so I'm not telling you to go over there and thump nobody upside the head. Don't be beating your colleagues up. Don't be going out and buying a big, thick Bible. But really, just love on people and ask the Spirit to give you opportunity and avenues to meet people where they are. Amen? Now, here's the thing, though. How many of you, when I brought up the fact about colleague, friend, sibling, whatever, somebody came to your mind? Okay, amen. I'm, I'm just happy. You know, I know some of you are from the same family and everybody say, praise the Lord. But somebody on your block got to be heathen. And whoever that heathen is, go get them and develop a relationship with them. I'm telling y'all, it is okay. Don't believe the lie of the enemy. What they doing won't rub off on you if you are anointed. And according to the scriptures, the spirit of the Lord is upon you. So that makes you what? Anointed. Let me hurry up, y'all. I, 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 I want to get somewhere before I... It, it's almost time for me to go. That's right. I'm watching the clock, y'all. <laughs> Amen. And I'm really watching the clock now. See, this is how you know God is good. Superintendent Paul Castle is at my church right now. <laughs> I'm here to let you know. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And he didn't tell me he was coming. somebody gonna go back and tell say Patrick was cracking up he said Paul was over there and he was here <laughs> because you know you never as a preacher you never want to be taking well Patrick you know you did that well but I wonder if that could stand up to the scrutiny of the text <laughs> amen I could just be myself for a few minutes without having to be all correct okay here we go so let's talk about it my dad had this adage here's my dad adage pressure bus pipes can I get a witness do I have a plumber Okay, do I have an HVAC person? Okay, y'all, HVAC persons and pipe and people who work on plumbing make money. Why? Because pipes burst. Because the structural integrity of them things get away, and if you ever saw how much money a plumber make, it would make you consider being a plumber. <laughs> and they just wait on you. And plumbers ain't never in a hurry either. You know, that's probably because they get paid by the hour. But the idea is, is that when, when, when plumbing breaks, Whatever is inside of the plumbing goes everywhere, right? It, it, it never, and it never goes where you really want it to go, you know, like straight down the drain that's next to it. You know, it usually ends up somewhere you really decide that you want to have it, and that's when you want to have a good insurance company. But in, in case you don't, here's where we are. My dad used to say, pressure bust pipes, and everybody's pipe is going to burst. Now, you may say, well, what did, your, what did your wise father think when he said those things? Well, he was saying, Patrick, when you're riding down the street and you cut somebody off and somebody come by you and they're doing this. <laughs> I do that for all the children in here. That was my PG-13 moment. Okay. Or if you're riding down the street, and I'm here to let you know, I never realized how much I can read lips. <laughs> and you just hear them. And I'm like, <laughs> so see, y'all got it. See, I knew people could read lips. And I'm sitting up here, but they don't pay no attention to my sorry. They just keep going. And so the idea is, is that when the pressures of life burst you 
and everybody's pipe is going to burst. He says, what's going to come out of you? Now, here's where the rubber meets the road. The love of God is supposed to constrain us to do right even when we want to do wrong. The question is, when your pipes burst, what's coming out? What's coming out of you? And what should come out is what we are full of. Uh Uh-huh, y'all caught that one. What's going to come out is what we are full of. And some of us are full of, this is a PG-13 audience, and I will not say it. But some of us are full of Jesus. And when things go wrong, blessed be your name. Good or bad, you give or take away, blessed be the name of the Lord. When everything is going great, and, and you know, y'all know that we've had some great days. You know, some of you look like you golf. Yeah, and you know when you had that good day. You know when you, when you sink that one that you know that you can't normally hit. You get to kick that leg. You know, every golfer emulates people on TV. So I don't know if you do the sword. However you do it, I'm not a golfer, y'all. But whatever it is, when you hit that shot, you know you go to your signature move. Everybody has a signature move, y'all. Some of them just say, <laughs> pause before they get the ball out the hole. But whatever it is, you go to your signature move. So the question is, is that when your pipes bust, what comes out of you? Will you go to your signature move? Because our signature move is supposed to be full of the Holy Ghost. And we ought to respond the way that he would have us to respond, to do what he would have us to do. Amen? Let me close with this, y'all. I got five minutes, and I'm, I promise I'm going to be done on time. Because Superintendent Paul is at my church, and Superintendent Dan is somewhere in Atlanta thinking, is Patrick paying attention to what I told Pastor, Pastor Dan made me oh, the wisest free Methodist ever. He said, in every free Methodist church, there is a clock. Honor it. I'm telling you, he knew what he was talking about. You know how many times I could have got in trouble? See, that's the other thing, y'all. Time out. In the African-American church, we don't really look at the clock. We get up in there. We start having fun. We just gone. But some of y'all started cooking, and some of y'all got lunch reservations. I'm going to make sure you get there. (laughs) Amen. That's right, because I'm thoroughly free Methodist now. Okay, you see, there are things that can change, y'all. So, so we find ourselves here. Now, now I'm going to close with, the, with this thought. When, when my mom passed, something happened in my life. And what it was is that I literally became an orphan, y'all. I have no parents. I have no grandparents. And some of you may be sitting where I sit. And, and there's nobody for you to really go to. See, see I love the idea of going to my parents because I could vent and tell them everything. And it make what, everything I'm saying makes no logical sense whatsoever. And all they're going to say is, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. You done with that now? Boy, go on and take your butt back home. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Boy, go on and pay your bills. Uh-huh. You just, and all you, but the idea of having some place to go that I could just know that they will at least hear me out was priceless. And so the enemy made me feel like I had became an orphan. In the Latin, the word orphanus means destitute and without parents. And that's how I felt, y'all. It wasn't so much. And I knew that this day was coming. The funny thing is that I knew this day was coming before my dad had even passed. 
I was, I was cognizant of the fact that I had no grandparents. People had grandparents because, you know, grandparents are great people to go and talk to. Young folks, go talk to your grandparents. They will tell you the truth and still buy you McDonald's afterwards. <laughs> Don't go home trying to tell that same, have that same conversation with your parents. They're going to tell you the truth. Less the Happy Meal. So, so, so I'm, I'm without parents, and, and I'm like, Lord, why would you take me to a Latin word that told me how I really felt? And then he told me to go to the Greek. And in the Greek, it just simply said, Patrick, you're just bereaved. Because the word orphanous in Greek means bereaved. But he said, how can you ever say that you are without parent when I'm your God and you're my child? And if we be the sons and daughters of God, there is an expectation on us to do his will. He has chose the foolishness of preaching, not from a pulpit, but from a life to impact others. And my question or my thought for you today is, will you allow the foolishness of what God has put in you to help change this world we live in? And I'm not just talking about the poor folks who I served down at my brother's keeper, because there's some poor people who got seven-figure incomes, who live in this neighborhood. They poor, matter of fact, they at home right now. Not even thinking about God, nor their future, nor what happens after this is all and said and done. I know what happens when it's all said and done. You go home. I, I, I was reminded when I left here, before I got here, there was a song on the radio that Sunday when I came to church. It was mercy me. I can only imagine. And I'm sitting up here and I'm like, Lord, my mother is stuck between heaven and earth. And I know she's on her way to glory. And I can only imagine what will I do when I get there. And, and, and then as I'm on my way here today, you know, you know, because I don't believe in coincidence. I believe that in providence and God in his mercy allowed me to remember something on my way here. What song was on the radio, y'all? I can only imagine. Now, I want you to think about this. What is God really saying? He's saying that time is short. Jesus is coming back. The question is, where are you going when he comes? Here's another problem. What about your neighbor, your friend, your colleague who don't know him? Where are they going when he comes back? What is, Im is important to God, it is God's wish that none would perish, that all would come to repentance. Can we help him today? Amen. I'm going to act like I'm a choir director now. <laughs> Can we go out and begin to tell people? Now, now I, I understand this, y'all, but I want to help y'all with one last thought. How many of y'all believe in the authority of the scriptures? When it comes to answers, if I tell you Jesus wasn't real, you ought to tell me what? They thank you. Thank you. And you don't hesitate on that. You, you, you push back against me. How many of you believe that the authority of the scriptures reside in you? Come on now, I'm going somewhere with this, y'all. See, many times y'all look at somebody like me and say, he should be able to go and talk to my cousin. No, that's your cousin. You go talk to him. And you need to go under the authority and the unction of the Holy Spirit that resides in you. Here's the thing, y'all. Jesus tells the, the, I mean, the scripture tells us, let this mind be in you that was also in Christ Jesus. 
What you need to think about can be given to you by the power of the Holy Ghost. The words that you need to utilize can be given to you by the power of the Holy Ghost. How many of y'all know that the power of life and death is in your tongue? If you don't speak it, it can't happen. I had to come over here because I've been messing around over there so long. And I don't think I've been fair to this side of the room. So how many of y'all ready to go and tell somebody about Jesus? Come on now, y'all got to give me more than that now. How many of y'all are ready to go and tell somebody about Jesus? How many of y'all are ready to go and tell somebody something about Jesus? Only to be fair. How many of y'all are ready to go and tell somebody about Jesus? Well then, let's give God some praise then. Because when the church go out and tell people about Jesus... The church changes. Glory be to God. As the praise scene comes up, y'all, there may be somebody under the sound of my voice right now who may be struggling and may be hurting, may have some things on their heart that they want to unpack before they go and deal with somebody else. You know, the altar is open, y'all. Now, I've been here a couple times, and I don't think the altar getting used enough. And so there's some folks in here who know they need to come and pray. Come. Come right now. Don't hesitate. The the music will start in a minute, but you don't have to wait on the music to begin to pray. Come, y'all. If you got something that you know you need to get right with God, get right so you can go out there and do his will. Come, y'all. Don't be afraid. Don't be ashamed to let anybody in here stop you getting right with God and going and doing what God would have you to do. Come now. Don't be afraid. Don't be ashamed. Come right now. God knows already, but he just wants you to make an outward confession to shame the enemy. Shame will not keep the people of God down any longer. We will walk in victory when we are honest with ourselves. We, when we are honest with where we are. Please, y'all, if you know you need to be at this altar, come. Don't be afraid. Don't be ashamed. Come. Whosoever will. Let them come. There's somebody under the sound of my voice who don't know Jesus for the pardoning of their sins. Let him or her come. Come get to know what I'm talking about today. That he can take you from being a nobody to being a somebody. Come right now. Right now. For those of you who are all right, I believe in covering. I believe that the people of God We cover the sins of our brothers and sisters. We cover them when they're weak. We cover them when they fall short. Do I got some intercessors in here right now who will come and cover our brothers and sisters who are at the altar right now? If you all right with God, come cover, please. Just stand behind somebody. Touch their shoulder. Just let them know that you're here with them and they are no longer by themselves. Come cover our brothers and sisters right now. Please, y'all, I need some more folks who are all right with God to come and cover. It could be multiple people at more than a person. Please, let's just cover our brothers and sisters today as we begin to pray. Amen. Please come. Please come. I want everybody up here to have somebody covering them. I don't want a person believing that God don't care about what they're going through. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. It don't matter if you can't get close. Just touch the person in front of your shoulder. And the rest of us, can we pray? Father, we love you. We magnify you and we exalt you. And Father, before we do anything else, we come and ask you to deal with the hearts and the situations that our dear brothers and sisters are going through. Let them know that they're not alone. 
let them know that you are able to do exceedingly abundantly above all they could ask or even think or imagine. Let them know right now, Father God, that your grace is yet still sufficient and that your mercy is renewed day by day. Father, let it be known right now, Lord, that forgiveness is in the house of the Lord. Strength is in the house of the Lord. Blessings are in the house of the Lord. Comfort are in the house of the Lord. Healing is in the house of the Lord. Righteousness is in the house of the Lord. Hope is in the house of the Lord. And more than anything else, love can be found in the house of the Lord. Meet the need of your people, Lord God. Bless them, keep them, nurture them, build them up, Lord. Help them be what you have called them to be. Thank you, Lord God, that we as brothers and sisters will intercede on behalf of our dear brothers and sisters when they are hurting. Bless them, Lord. Keep them, Lord. Watch over them, Lord. Touch them, Lord. Heal right now in Jesus' name.